edition of Disney at Work. And I'm your host, Jeff Kober. Glad that you could join us for this podcast. Today, we get to talk about what is perhaps my favorite live action Disney movie. Certainly my favorite of all the live action Disney movies made during Walt Disney's lifetime, but probably, honestly, the best Disney movie of all. And that's Swiss Family Robinson. I love this film. As a kid, I enjoyed, I could, I could, I could see myself in each of the roles from Fritz to Ernst to, 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 to um, Francis. I love this film. I loved the race. I loved fighting the pirates. I loved um, building an incredible treehouse. And in fact, that too is part of our podcast today because we're going to talk also about some stories and some things that come from the Swiss Family Treehouse at Magic Kingdom at Walt Disney World. Now, the original Swiss Family Treehouse was built at Disneyland um, a number of years ago. It has since become Tarzan's Treehouse. Uh, Magic Kingdom does, however, have a Swiss Family Treehouse, as does Disneyland Paris, as does Tokyo Disneyland. And uh, be sure to check out our notes page. Uh, we've got um, some key things we're going to show you. If you've not been on the Swiss Family Treehouse, know that I have a video showing all of that experience, including the bamboo throne at the end of the tree, which will be an important part of my story at the end of this podcast. Uh, so definitely check out that video on our show notes page and also have... Um, a notes page at disneyatplay.com, which will celebrate um, the Swiss Family Treehouses around the world. So be sure to um, sit back and enjoy this podcast as we share lessons about trust, about courage, about looking at what matters most in this Disney at Work podcast. Empowering others to come together to be their very best, to be their authentic selves, requires first and foremost trust. Consider how this plays out in one of Walt Disney's greatest film classics, Swiss Family Robinson, which was released in 1960. From the film come several stories about trust and trusting oneself and trusting the opportunities ahead of you. The first story comes from the movie itself. One of the great messages in Disney's classic film centers on trust. This was portrayed in the, in the difference between the father, played by John Mills, and the mother, played by Dorothy McGuire. Trusting to go to New Guinea in the first place. Trusting to leave the ship after it was wrecked and, and not wait for immediate rescue. Trusting in leaving the boy and seeking a home in the jungle. Trusting their youngest boy, Francis, played by Kevin Corcoran, to be up in the tree during construction. Trusting their two oldest boys, Fritz and Ernst, played by James MacArthur and Tommy Kirk, to set out on their own on a raft looking for others and other civilizations. And finally, trusting to remain on the island and build a life for themselves when help arrived and the option to return back was presented. Note that the word courage, 
could have been used in every instance in which I just used the word trust. The courage to set out on a raft. The courage to leave the ship after it was wrecked. The courage to seek a home in the jungle. Trust and courage goes hand in hand. Um, being courageous enough to trust and having the trust to be courageous. Well, that just simply goes hand in hand. The second story centers on Walt Disney's production of the film. He authorized his biggest budget ever for a live action feature at that time, a sum of 4500000 to create the film. But Walt trusted his director, Ken Anakin, to go out to the island of Tobago and to do a 22-week on-location shoot where water, animal actors, and weather all factored into making production longer and more expensive. Such a great story as the Swiss Family Robinson deserves every penny we spent on it, uh, was the quote. The six-month shoot was not without its challenges. A crew of nearly 1,000 worked to construct roads, storm shelters, cooking and dining facilities, parking lots, and even a makeshift soundstage. Some 500 animals were shipped in to include eight dogs, two giant tortoises, 40 monkeys, two elephants, six ostriches, four zebras, 100 flamingos, six hyenas, two anacondas, and a tiger. Even the actors had to apply trust to the situation they were being put into. Uh, in typical British humor, John Mills describes the challenges and difficulties of shooting the film. Quote, if a scorpion doesn't bite me during the night, I get into a car, and if it doesn't skid off the edge of the cliff, I reach a mangrove swamp. I walk through, and if I'm not sucked in by quicksand, eaten alive by land crabs, or bitten by a snake, I reach the beach. I change on the beach, trying to avoid being devoured by insects, and walk into the sea. If there are no sharks or barracudas about, we get the shot and then we do the whole thing in reverse, providing, of course, we haven't died of sunstroke in the meantime." End of quote. In the end, all of that and more didn't matter because the result was the film became the highest grossing Disney film of 1960, eventually bringing in some 40 million into the studio coffers. With the added success of The Absent-Minded Professor, 101 Dalmatians, and The Parent Trap, all created during that same time, Walt and Roy were able to, for the first time in the history of their company, pay off the long-term loan they had held from the Bank of America. Now, revenue from the motion pictures could go directly back to the studio instead of the bank. The next story comes from the operation of the Swiss Family Treehouse attraction at the Magic Kingdom. And I have available on uh, the show notes page a video of the treehouse. Hopefully you've all been on it, but if you haven't, it's really just a charming, simple attraction and a good little exercise during the day as you go up all the steps, uh, up and down during in the uh, treehouse. But it's a great little um, it's a great little attraction. And um, I had a colleague at Disney who in her college years started out in Adventureland attractions. Now one might think she was working, um, one night she was working at the entrance to Swiss Family Treehouse 
taking B-ticket coupons from the guests. Remember, in the old days, you had ticket books. And in order to go on the attraction, you had to hand um, a cast member your ticket. And it required a B-ticket, A through E. So it wasn't, wasn't AA was like um, the, the horse-drawn trolley and the, and the, uh, the carousel. B-ticket attractions were something like Swiss Family Treehouse. At any rate, she was there taking the tickets, though really very few were coming through at that hour of the evening. At one point, several young men approached her and started asking a couple of questions. That led to a shorter dialogue with them about where they're from and their trip to Orlando and so forth. Out of the corner of her eye, she noticed a very prominent Walt Disney World executive pass by. She didn't think too much of it. And then a few moments later, the young man just kind of went on their way. A little while later, the same senior executive came by and chewed her out left and right for talking to and flirting with young men. She was completely surprised by his demeanor. She in no way was flirting, nor did she bring on the interaction. She was simply politely answering the questions, all the while handling the greater position she had been assigned to. She had never met the executive before, nor did he know anything of her, and yet he assumed that she was slacking off and not doing her job. It was difficult in the years that followed to really have any sense of respect for this individual after his angry dem demonstration toward her that evening. That same executive had received ample trust from Walt Disney when he was a younger manager, and yet years later, he couldn't apply the same trust and empowerment to a frontline cast member doing her job. Again, I speak of trust here, but think about where you might put the word courage. The courage to just trust an individual is doing their job and not simply come to a quick judgment on an individual. None of us will experience ever uh, surviving a shipwreck or having to establish your life on a lonely island. Few, if any, of us will have the opportunity to produce or direct an expensive film production, much less live on a stranded island. Most of us, however, will be in a position where we will have to trust, or at least have the courage to trust, the co-workers around us. how we respond, how we trust others, how we place our trust in others does matter. Now, the last story I wanted to share with you is um, based on an added uh, prop that was put into the Swiss Family Treehouse during the last overhaul, and it's actually getting ready to go through another overhaul soon, I think toward the end of this year. But during the last overhaul of the Swiss Family Treehouse in Adventureland at Magic Kingdom, there was an addition made. Most remember the treehouse and the bedrooms, even the kitchen at the foot of the tree. But there was a new add-on made a few years ago. After you scale the tree, after you pass through the kitchen, and almost as you head back over the bridge to Adventureland, there's a small alcove that Imagineers have created. It's a bamboo throne, coupled by tenants strung between it and the kitchen. Do you remember the bamboo throne? 
Probably not. It was more of a prop than anything in the film. Actually, in my show notes page, I show the family sitting in front of the throne, um, or on the throne and in front of it. It was part of their marketing um, photos that were taken during the making of the film. But in the film, it doesn't emerge much. It doesn't show much, although it is in the film. To understand the bamboo throne's purpose, we have to go back into, into the story. The family became concerned that pirates would reemerge and attack them. Fearing for their safety, they set about building a fairly creative defense involving palm logs, boulders, tiger traps, and coconut bombs. But the labor involved only, to serve to, only served to build tension, especially when the boys, Fritz and Ernst, were after the hand of the only girl on the island, Roberta. Seeing the tensions and frustrations at hand, the father declares the first national holiday on their new island. Now, holidays should have food and festivities. So at the heart of this celebration, the father created a race. Win the race, and you are bestowed as a winner the right to sit on the bamboo throne. So they got on top of elephants, zebras, and even an ostrich in an effort to win uh, the race. Poor Ernst getting... Um, an ostrich to cooperate is not an easy task. It's a memorable moment in the film. The antics of this race makes anyone laugh, but it all comes to an end when Roberta's zebra detours toward the beach and then bucks her off. There, on the sands of the shore, she realizes pirates are heading toward them. Alerting the family, they take cover on a mountaintop and try, and try to thwart the advancements of the pirates with their makeshift weapons. Ultimately, what saves them is the arrival of Roberta's father in his ship, who chases the pirates off and ultimately rescues the family. Then comes one of the great moments in the film. One would think they would all want to be rescued, to leave the island they were shipwrecked on. What is it you really want? That's at the heart of this very tender segment. They realized what they wanted was here all along, with the exception of Ernst, who wants badly to go to a university. They inevitably as a family choose to stay and make a new life for themselves on the island. Mother says, I think that since we have to decide forever, I think my husband and I would rather stay here. Father responds, are you sure that's what you want? Mother says, yeah, it's been a good life for us here. Of course, as Roberta says, there are a few things you have to do without. Father retorts, but it's surprising how unimportant they seem when you don't have people stopping by to feel sorry for you. Francis, hearing all this, says, you mean I'll have to go? Yippee! Roberta, hearing all this, goes down below, heads to the pond, and finds Fritz. Starting the conversation, as he stares off into the pond and the falls nearby, she says, it's funny, isn't it, about how you can change your mind about what's important and what it is you really want. Take your parents. All this time they've been wanting to get to New Guinea. And now, when they finally have their chance, they realize 
Everything they want is right here. Fritz responds, you mean, you mean they're not going? Roberta, I can understand how they feel. Fritz replies, I do too. Then Roberta says, two people, if they have each other, what more could they want? Fritz says, I guess just to be alone. In that moment, they embrace in the realization that they too want what their parents want to stay on the island. That bamboo throne at the foot of the tree, and I hope that you stop and see it when you go by Swiss Family Treehouse next time, because it represents the question, what is it you really want? Is it to win the race? Is it to be free of your fears that you face? Is it to find what really matters most? The greatest thrones, bamboo or otherwise, are reserved for those who find what really matters most. And the best way to find that out is to trust your heart. Trust really leads one to finding out what matters most. Now some souvenirs for your organization, for your own life. Just ask yourself, who do you trust? Do you find that it takes courage to trust? Do you trust others? Do you trust yourself? Do others trust you? Do they have the courage to trust you? What are the hidden costs behind mistrust? What happens when we fail to have the courage to trust others? What are the inherent rewards in showing trust? What really matters most? And do you trust your heart to find out what that is? Thank you for joining us for this Disney at Work podcast. If you're listening to us, you undoubtedly have a love of all things Disney. Don't you wish you could bring the magic to your own place of employment? Well, that's what we do at Disney at Work, bring you best in business ideas from the happiest places on earth to you and your workplace. We bring those concepts to you via our posts, podcasts, videos, books, programs, and consulting. If you enjoyed today's stories, know that they are shared in my latest book, Disney Leadership and You. They're one of a hundred different stories that take great things in the parks and great stories among Disney leaders from Walt Disney to the present and offers you an inside look at how leaders at Disney create the magic. And not only that, how you can take those same ideas and apply those principles back to your own organization. Stay tuned as we have new events, books, and programming available to you. If you want to know more about Disney at Work offerings, please subscribe by signing up to receive one of our free guides to include a complete guide to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, offering hundreds of unique photos, videos, and interactive maps. 
you can sign up at Disney at Work. It's also a great place because there is an individual section to Disneyland and to Disney's Hollywood Studios where we give you the latest and greatest of how to manage that experience and be able to get on the rides and attractions and so forth. We're updating it this week with new stuff that has come out in just the last couple of days in both parks. So definitely check that out and you can get that when you subscribe to our newsletter. Disney at Work is part of Performance Journeys, committed to helping you improve your organization. If you would like a keynote speaker or a seminar for your business, conference, or group, we offer a variety of topics to include leadership, employee engagement, customer service, and teamwork. We do a program based solely on the stories and ideas of Disney, but we also offer an assortment of great ideas and concepts from other world-class organizations in the public, private, and nonprofit sectors. Know when you do so, you're working with someone who has successfully applied these ideas in the trench, working with people where their organizations are for scores of work uh, for over 25 years. So for more information, please visit us at performancejourneys.com. Better yet, just reach out to me. You can send me an email, a text, a, call me on the phone. Talk to me about what's happening in your workplace and how I can help take your organization to the next level. Listening is the best gift I can give you, so feel free to reach out and discuss what your needs are. Thanks for joining us for this week's show. We appreciate you taking the time to listen, and we really appreciate those who take the time to share this podcast and others like it with friends and colleagues. In the words of Sinbad's storybook voyage, be sure, always follow the compass of your heart. And have a great day.